goes forth, it does not return empty, but it accomplishes what it's sent forth to do. Jesus' name. Amen. All right, now let's be serious. Galatians 3, verse 13. Let's turn there. Galatians 3, verse 13. Christ, it's talking about Jesus, has redeemed us from what? From the, from the what? From the what? From the curse of the law. Having become a curse for us, for as it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. And of course, they crucified Jesus. He became a curse for us. And the Bible says as a result here, Christ has redeemed us. Realize, say redeemed us. Redeemed us. Yeah, he's redeemed us from what? From the curse of the law. Now, the word redeem just means one meaning of it. Is it means to set free to set free, and, uh, and, and it means also to set free by paying a ransom. And uh, so Jesus, the Bible says, became cursed. He became a curse for us so that we could be set free from what? From the curse of the law. Now, if you want to know what the curse of the law is, sometime you can look it up. You can go over, at, you don't have to do it now, but, but sometime go to Deuteronomy verse, or, uh, chapter, Deuteronomy chapter 28. Go there sometime. And uh, you can read in there and find out what the, the curse of the law is. And there's all kinds of sicknesses and diseases and all kinds of symptoms and everything kind of thing you can imagine. And some things you shouldn't even imagine are listed there. And... Christ has redeemed us from those things. He set us free from those things. Isn't that wonderful? And you know, that would include the flu. That would include the flu. Christ has redeemed us from the flu. And so I'm titling this today, Fighting the Flu. That's a good message for right now, isn't it? Have you heard the news, you know, on television? They're talking about one of the worst flu outbreaks that we've had in, in so very many years. And it's just horrible and spreading throughout and whatnot. So today, I want to talk to you about fighting the flu. And isn't it good to know that Christ Jesus has redeemed us, set us free from the flu. Isn't that wonderful to know that? And... Uh, uh, not only the flu, but he's redeemed us from all sickness and disease. And the thing you need to realize in, in Proverbs 26, verse 2, and, and I like it in the King James Version, Proverbs 26, 2, like a, uh, as the bird by wandering, as a swallow by flying, talking about birds there, so the curse causeless shall not what? shall not come. The curse causeless shall not come. The curse causeless shall not come. And I want to look at today two reasons why Christians are sick. Two reasons why Christians get sick. Two reasons. And the two I want to deal with, and they're primarily the main two, as to why Christians are sick... And if you're sitting there thinking, well, wow, I didn't even know there were any reasons. Well, there's a verse that says, my people are destroyed because of a 
lack of knowledge. So I'm going to give you some knowledge here today from the Word of God concerning fighting the flu, and then you can do whatever you want with it, okay? And hopefully you'll use it and use it to fight the flu. But two reasons why Christians are sick. Two reasons. One is because of sin or disobedience, okay? And the second one is, it's just an attack of the devil. How many of you know the devil is a creep? Yes, he is. All right. Now, what I don't want anybody to do is this, is if you see a fellow brother or sister in the Lord sick, I don't want you to all of a sudden say, you know, I wonder where, what sin they have in their life. I wonder where they left the door open for the devil to get in. Don't ever take that attitude. That's a judgmental attitude. There's no place for that around here. You understand? And when people get that attitude, I always like to say it like this. Watch out because the next house is about to fall on you. What do I mean by that? Wizard of Oz, remember that? The house fell and hit the one witch and the other comes in there and, you know, you better watch out because a house could fall and, and hit the other one. Remember that? And so I always tell people when you get judgmental and you start getting in a place where you think you've got everything figured out in somebody else's life and you know why you know something bad's come on them then you watch out because the next house is getting ready to what fall on you you know i i mean you know i i got rid of all my rocks a long time ago to throw at other people i got rid of them a long time ago drop those rocks remember drop them don't don't be the rock thrower Um, So two reasons why Christians are sick. One can be because there's sin in their life. And the second one is they may be living just as holy and and, and all of that, but the devil is a creep and he's attacked them. You need to realize that. So let's look at the first reason here, sin or disobedience. Go to John, the fifth chapter and the 14th verse. John 5.14, let's turn there. John 5.14 There was a uh, man who had been crippled for many, many years and he was laying at this certain pool, the pool of Bethesda and Jesus had come along and healed him. And uh, in the process of time, he met back up with Jesus and uh, notice what Jesus said to him, John 5, 14, afterward, Jesus found him in the temple and said to him, see, you have been made well. Then notice what Jesus says to this man. He says, sin no more, lest a worse thing come upon you. So we could conclude that the sickness that was in this man's life, the disease in his life was a result of what? Of sin. Because Jesus said, sin no more, lest a worse thing come come upon you. So in this case, it was because of sin or disobedience in the man's life. Notice 1 John 5.18. That was John 5.14. Now go to 1 John 5.18 and notice, uh, if you would, what the Bible says. 1 John 5.18, New King James Version. We know that whoever is born of God... Now, how do you get born of God? By repenting of your sins and asking Jesus into your heart. Then you become born of God, born again. We know that whoever is born of God does not sin. But as you study that, it it, it really reads this way. 
we know that whoever is born of God does not practice sin. How many of you know there's a difference between blundering and living a lifestyle of practicing sin? You know, I'm born again, but I miss it every once in a while. But there's a difference between missing it and practicing something. You understand? And so we know that whoever's born of God does not practice sin, but he who has been born of God, notice, keeps himself or herself. What does that mean? The implication there is of living right. Living right. Walking right before the Lord. How many of you know we need to walk right before the Lord? He who has been born of God keeps himself. He's talking about a person here who's not practicing sin, is living right before the Lord. And for such a person, what does the Bible say? The wicked one does not what? Does not what? Does not touch him. The wicked one's the devil. And the devil brings sickness and disease. How many of you know God doesn't put sickness and disease on people? The devil does. Acts 10.38, we'll come right back here. Acts 10.38 says this. Acts 10.38, notice what it says. Well, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing what? Good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. So we see God, we see Jesus, you know, we see the precious Holy Spirit, we see the Trinity. God, the Father, Son, Holy Ghost is not bringing sickness and disease on people, what, what are they doing? The, 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 the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit is bringing good and doing good, healing all who are oppressed by who? The devil. the devil. So if sickness and disease has come on somebody, the devil's behind it, but people can, Christians now, can, can get over in an area of where they're practicing sin, you get over on the devil's territory, and then you do open up the door for sickness and disease to come on you. Back to 1 John 5.18. Let's look at that again. Notice the last part of that. And the wicked one does not what? Does not what? Touch him. Now you need to understand something. There's a difference between sickness and disease and persecution. I said there's a difference between sickness and disease and persecution. Now, the apostle Paul, He lived as holy before the Lord after he got saved. He lived as holy before the Lord as as anybody that I know. I can't find where sickness and disease ever came on him. But I can find where he was persecuted left and right. The Bible says all who will live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. Okay? And we're given, you know, uh, 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 many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord will deliver him out of them all. So there's a difference between persecution and sickness and disease. And you can get your, there is a place in God where you can get where the wicked one cannot touch you with sickness or disease. Now, as you live godly in Christ Jesus, you're going to be open to persecution. You're going to be open to people making fun of you and all of that. You understand that. But there's a difference between that and sickness and disease. And if then there's a place that you can get in God as you walk holy. As you decide I'm not going to be judgmental. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to practice sin. There's a place that you can get in God where 
you're not over on the devil's territory. You're, you're hidden in God. And the wicked one touches him not. Now look at 1 Corinthians 11.29. 1 Corinthians 11.29. We're looking at one reason Christians are, are sick. One reason that the flu can get a hold of them. 1 Corinthians 11.29. Do you see that? It says for, this is talking about receiving the communion meal now. For he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner eats and drinks judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body are not understanding the Lord's body. And we'll come back to that. Verse 30, for this reason, for this reason, what reason? Not understanding the Lord's body. Many are what? Weak and sick among you, and many sleep. That means die young. For what reason? Not understanding the Lord's body. Now, there's much we could say about it, but here's one application of it. Okay, you need to understand the Bible says that, that we as Christians are members of the body of Christ. Is that right? Uh-huh. Is that correct? So Brian here, being a, being a born-again Christian, he's a member of the body of Christ. Okay, now how many of you in here would talk bad about Jesus? I don't know anybody in the right mind that would do that. But you know there's people that might talk bad about Brian, or there's people that might talk bad about me. Are there, you understand that? And you see, you don't, people don't realize, Christians don't realize this as they should, that when I, when I talk bad about a fellow brother or sister, I'm really talking bad about, about, about Jesus. Do you understand that? Nobody that I know would be unkind to Jesus, but I know gobs of Christians and we, you know, that would talk bad about somebody, some fellow brother or sister. They do it at the drop. It's a second nature to so many. I'm talking about Christians. And you see, they don't understand. They're not discerning the Lord's body that when you talk bad about a fellow brother or sister, you're really coming against Jesus. And for that reason, for that reason, for that reason, you open yourself up to sickness or disease. For this reason, many are weak and sick among you, and many sleep, die young. All we need to walk in love, don't we? And the Bible says that we should not only walk in love towards fellow Christians, but we should walk in love towards sinners and walk in love towards enemies, right? Does the Bible say curse your enemies or do good to them? Do good to them. I think of Brother Hagin... He's gone home to be with the Lord now, but he, he, was, he lived for like 50, 60 years and, and, and he might have had a headache one time. He, he would quote, he'd say, the last headache, headache I had was in 19, you know, 30, 38 or something like that, you know. But the man walked in love and, and he had so many people come against him and talk bad about him. But you know, walking in love... It's not always easy to do, but it pays rich dividends. When sickness and disease goes by, by you and goes around you. How many of you uh, want to walk in health and healing? Amen. Then you got to walk in love. Because when you don't walk in love, then you're walking over on the devil's territory. And you open yourself up to sickness and disease. So... 
If a Christian is sick and there's sin or disobedience in their life, you know what the answer is? Repent. Real loud say repent. So if a, if a Christian has sickness or disease in their life and, 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 and the reason for it, I, I, they got sickness and disease and the reason for it is that there's sin in their life, then what do they need to do? Repent. Repent. And is that for you to figure out for somebody else or is that for them to figure out for themselves? No. Them to figure out for them. And, and, and as it pertains to you, guess who gets to figure that out for you? You do. It's not my job to do that. It's your job. Amen? So if the sickness is because of sin or disobedience, what is the answer? It's what? Exactly. So if the the reason that sickness has hit your body is because there's some sin in your life that the Lord's been dealing with you to get rid of and you just keep entertaining it, how how do you overcome the sickness? You what? You repent. Repent. Did you know I've prayed for oodles of people over the years and the power of God wouldn't work on them? You know what the issue was? It was they needed to repent in some area. Did you hear me? You can pray for them until you're blue in the face. You can anoint them with oil, dump, dump, dump the whole, all the Pennzoil in Walmart on them. You won't be able to get them healed. Have all the elders in, in St. Louis pray. You won't be able to get them healed. Until they what? Repent. Did you hear me? Okay. Now, let's just say that, that, that uh, you're living right, walking right before the Lord. Then what's the second reason Christians are sick? It's because the devil is a creep and he will attack you. He will attack you with sickness and disease. He'll try to put sickness, he'll put sickness and disease on anybody that'll put up with it. Did you hear me? You need to learn this about the devil. He'll always take the path of least resistance. Of least what? Of least what? So we're going to show you in a minute that you have to resist sickness and disease. Now there's a lot of Christians don't even know that you can. My people are destroyed because of a what? Lack of knowledge. So I'll teach you here in the next few minutes how to resist sickness and disease. I believe in good hospital, hospitals and doctors. We'll talk about that in a minute. But I want to show you something here. So, so what's, the, what's the first reason that, that Christians are sick is because of sin and disobedience. The second reason is, is because of an attack of the devil. So let's look at that, that one right now. An attack of the devil. You're living right. You're walking right. You're doing all you know to do. But the devil's a creep. He comes in and attacks. When he does, you have to, real loud, say resist. resist. You have to resist. Now watch this. John 9, verse 1. John 9, verse 1. See, we just looked at an example where Jesus said in that fellow there at the pool of Bethesda, he was, it was because of sin. But now notice this, this guy here, this blind man. John 9, verse 1. Now, as Jesus passed by, he saw a man who was blind from birth. And his disciples asked him, saying, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents? That he was born blind. See, who sinned? Who, who, who sinned? Who, who, that he was born blind. They want to know what the cause was. Look at verse 3. Jesus answered, Neither this man nor his parents sinned. Now, now what's the implication? Doesn't the Bible say that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God? Yeah. Is Jesus contradicting the word? No. 
the implication here is that this blindness was not a result of the man's sin or his parents committing some sin. Did you get that? Neither this man nor his parents, but that the works of God should be revealed in him. So you see, in, in this case, it was not because of somebody missing it or sinning. It was because, if you get right down to it, the devil had attacked him. Remember that woman that was bent over for all those years? Remember that? And she couldn't straighten herself up. And later on in that story, Jesus said, whom Satan has bound. Whom who has bound? See, he bound her up. See, and, and, and he, Jesus said, woman, thou art, thou art loosed. And, and she straightened up. Remember that? And, and, and she didn't know who she was. She didn't know she was a daughter of Abraham. She didn't know who she was. And, um, and, and because of that, Satan was able to bind her. See, a lot of Christians, they don't know who they are in Christ. We need to know that in Christ, we've been redeemed from the curse of the law. We've been set free from sickness and disease. Can you say amen? We've not only been set free from sin, we've been set free from sickness and disease. You need to realize you can be living right, walking right. The devil will come in and see if he can slip something in on you. And if you don't realize that you can resist it, well, then you just go right on being sick. And the devil has a heyday with you. When the devil attacks, and he will attack Christians who are living right, he must be resisted. Look at James 4 and 7. James 4 and 7. James 4 and 7. Notice what it says here. Therefore, submit to God. Submit to God. Resist, what's that word? Resist the devil and he will flee from you. But you've got to what? Submit to God. And it's clear that those who are submitted to God will be attacked by the devil or the Bible wouldn't tell us to resist him. Right? So doesn't the, doesn't the Bible say that when anybody hears, didn't Jesus say when somebody hears the word, the devil comes immediately to steal the word? Well, when he comes, he must be what? Resisted. When the devil comes to attack, he must be what? Resisted. Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Now, if you're not submitted to God, then you can resist him and resist him and resist him. And will he flee? He doesn't have to. But if you submit to God and walk in the light of the word of God that you have, when the devil attacks, you have every right to resist him and he will what? He will flee. When he brings sickness or disease your way, what do you need to do? You need to resist it. And he will flee. The, the word resist means this. Refuse to cooperate with. Resist means to not yield to. Resist means to stand firm against or stand up to. Resist means to stand one's ground, draw a line in the sand, so to speak, and refuse the devil to come across it. Resist means to not take something lying down. 
Now, you need to realize this. If, if symptoms have hit your body of flu or whatever, I'm not saying that you shouldn't lay down and rest. Say amen. amen. If symptoms have hit your body, I'm not saying that you shouldn't quarantine yourself away from people for a while. That's just good sense. Is that right? I've already seen Christians that, that, that have been attacked by the devil and they're going to stand to the point that they're going to go around other people and then those other people, that you make them sick too, you know. So, so I'm all for good common sense, you know, laying down, you know, that's a natural and the supernatural coming together makes an explosive force for God. If symptoms of the flu have hit your body, nothing wrong with staying home, staying away from folk, you know. It's because you don't want to light them up too. You, you understand that. And you need to do good medical things, drink, drink fluids and, and, and all of that. And, 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 and I'm all for that. But what I'm talking about here is in the spirit, we need to be resisting sickness and disease. You need to know something else about the devil is fear will draw the devil and activate the devil just like faith will activate God. Did you hear what I just said? I said fear will activate the devil just like faith activates God. And did you realize that the news on television is set up to bring fear into your life? Now, I'm not saying we shouldn't watch the news. I watch the news. Uh, I watch it a little bit in the morning to find out what's going on in the world. I try to watch it a little bit in the evening. But you can't let that spirit of fear that comes, because that's what that's built on. Did, did you hear me? So, you, you know, you, you listen to it and all, right, and all that, but how many of you know the Word of God outranks the, news, the, the newsman? Is that right? Be more full of the word of God than you are what the anchor man is saying or the anchor woman. Can, can you say amen? So when symptoms of sickness or disease or the flu hits your body, are you supposed to just take it? I'm talking spiritually now. Are you supposed to just take it lying down or should you resist? Resist. Is there anything wrong with going and laying down and getting some physical rest? No, nothing wrong with that. But you resist sickness, you resist disease in the spirit. Uh, Brother Hagin said this years ago, and at first it didn't make any sense to me, but now having been in the healing ministry for over 20 years, I understand it. Sickness is spiritual. It has a spiritual root. Now, when he said that, I thought, whoa, 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 it's physical, it's physical. No, I've come to see that he was right. Sickness and disease has a spiritual root. You need to deal, I'm talking spiritual things now. You need to deal with it in the spirit. Did you hear me? Jesus said, my words are spirit and they are life. We're made in his likeness and his image. So our words too are what? Spirit and the power of life and death is where? In the tongue. So it's important when sickness or disease, flu, whatever it is, hits your body that you begin to resist it. And how do you resist it? You resist it with your words. Real loud, say with my words. words. Yet with your words. Notice if you would, James 5.15. James 5.15. Notice what the word of God says here to us. You were in James 4 and 7. Notice James 5.15. And the what? The prayer of? faith or the declaration of faith will save or will heal who? The sick. The sick. 
The prayer, that's talking about words. Is that right? And, 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 and let me just tell you this. This does not have to do with us addressing the Father. Did you know not all prayer has to do with us addressing the Father? A lot of prayer does. Most of prayer does. But there's, when I'm talking about sickness and disease, you should, and people that don't know the word of God don't understand what I'm about to say, but you don't go to the Father and ask him to heal you. He's already done all he's going to do about healing you. He provided your healing through, through the atoning work of the Lord Jesus Christ. Is that right? The Bible says with Jesus stripes we were healed. God's done all he's going to do to get you healed. It's already provided. It's just a matter of you resisting the devil, resisting the sickness, resisting the disease, and receiving the healing power of God. My people are destroyed because of a what? A lack of knowledge. See, that what I said right there, most, most Christians don't understand what I just said right there. And they'll go crawling before God. Oh God, if it be thy will, heal me. How many of you know it's his will to heal you? You need to have that determined already in your heart. It's his will. Oh, heal me. He's already provided it. It's not a matter of that. My people are destroyed because of a what? Lack of knowledge. What you do is you stand up against. See, this, this prayer of faith here is not directed at the Father. This prayer of faith here in uh, James 5.15 is not directed at the Father. It's directed at the mountain. It's directed at the sickness. It's directed at the devil. It's directed at the disease in the name of Jesus. Did you hear me? You see that resistant, you see I'm real bold. What am I doing? I'm resist, you see, I'm resisting something here. Did you hear me? I said, did you hear me? Go to Mark 11. I want you to get this. You believe it's possible to go through the flu season and not get the flu? Huh? Amen. Somebody said, oh, pastor, pastor, you better not say that too loud wouldn't want the devil to hear you. I'm not afraid of the devil. And you shouldn't be either. If we'll submit to God, we can resist the devil. And the Bible says he'll do what? Flee. Flee. And that flee means as in stark raving terror. You need to realize the devil's more afraid of us than we ever need to be of him. If we know who we are in Christ. Now, if you don't deal with the devil from your position in Christ, now you've got a problem. But if you know who you are in Christ, don't be haughty, but be bold. There's a difference between being haughty and being bold. Don't be haughty, but be bold in Christ. And really, boldness in Christ is one of the best signs of humility that there is. Because you know it's not you, it's him. Amen? Did you, hear, uh, did you get to, Rome, uh, to Mark eleven twenty three? Jesus is, well, let's go right above that. Have faith in God. Keep your faith in God. Let's have faith in God. What do you say? And we keep our faith in God, Mark eleven twenty two. then Mark eleven twenty three. Surely I say to you, whoever, are you a whoever? Says to the what? To the mountain, to the flu, to the sickness, to the disease. This will work on cancer just as well as on the flu. Whoever says to the mountain, did it say, say to the father or say to the mountain? See, sickness has a spiritual root. You're, you're talking to the, you're dealing with it from the root. Be removed. Who are we talking to now? 
to the mountain, to the sickness, to the disease. We're resisting it. How do you resist with your words? Say with my words. With my words. You resist with your words. Be removed, be cast into the sea and does not what? Doubt in his heart but believes that those things he says will be done. He will have whatever he says. Symptoms of flu hit hit your body. Don't say this. Well, it looks like I'm coming down with the flu. Well, you'll have whatever you Did I say that? No, Jesus said that. When sickness or disease hits your body, resist it. I said resist. How do you resist? Do you start swinging at it with your fists? Do you take your Bible and start? This is the sword of the spirit, right? But you know the devil's not afraid of this book, but he is afraid when this book gets in your heart and starts coming out your mouth. Now he's got a problem. As long as this book is collecting dust on your desk, devil's not afraid. But when you take the time to get in and study and get this word in your heart and then start declaring it out of your mouth in faith, that's when it becomes the sword of the spirit. And that's when the devil's got him a problem. Did you hear what I just said? I said, did you hear what I just said? You resist with your words. Resist with your words. Symptoms hit your body. I resist the flu in Jesus' name. I resist sickness in Jesus' name. I resist disease. I curse you flu. I curse those symptoms. Get out of my body. Get off my property in Jesus' name. That's what you do. What am I doing? I'm resisting. Somebody says, should I use the doctor? Should I use medicine? Should I use these things? And I say, yes, 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 yes. Do I need to say it again? (laughs) I'm not doing good at being funny today, am I? How many of you would agree I'm a better teacher of the word of God than I am a comedian? You'd rather, wouldn't you you rather have, you don't want a pastor that's just a comedian. You want somebody that knows his business concerning the word of God. So should we use the doctor and medicine and take advantage of those things? Yes. Why do you think God gave them to us? But what I was talking to you there about before was dealing, you know, it's the natural and the supernatural coming together. It's okay to take natural medicine and, and all that. That's good. That's wonderful. Why don't you come, well, let's, let's, come at, let's come at sickness and disease from both avenues. Resist with your words and use the natural hospitals, doctors, and medicines if you need to. Can you say amen? amen. Did you know that Isaiah the prophet advised Hezekiah the king to use a medical treatment? Remember that? When Hezekiah was facing death, remember Isaiah came over and told him, set your house in order, you're gonna die. Is that right? Isaiah left before he got across the courtyard. Guess what? Now, why was Hezekiah sick? I can only presume that it was because of sin because we can see he was prideful. 
a good king, but how many of you know good, good people can miss it? Is that right? And he had gotten pride and sickness came on him. He was going to die. Remember that? And so here comes Isaiah at the direction of God. Go tell him to get his house in order. He's going to die. Remember that? And so then when Isaiah left, what happened? Hezekiah turned his face to the wall and what did he do? He repented. And before Isaiah got across the courtyard, the word of the Lord came to him and said, go back and tell him that he's got 15 more years to live. Isn't that wonderful? But then, but then, if you read the, the whole thing and, and the accounts of it, Isaiah, the prophet, told Hezekiah to use a, a medication. Is that right? And he did, and he was healed. Is God against medicine? No. Paul, the apostle, who God used to write nearly two-thirds of the New Testament, advised young Timothy, that young pastor, could the devil hit a young pastor walking right before the Lord? Or, or any pastor or any Christian, could the devil hit him with something? Evidently, Timothy had some sort of, sort of stomach problem, and Paul told him to, take, to drink some wine as medicinal purposes for his stomach. Remember that? And remember who traveled with Paul? A doctor named... Luke, I personally believe that, 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 that when they ministered to people that Paul dealt with them from the, from the spiritual avenue and then Luke was there as a doctor. Not only to confirm the miracles, but I believe some people, you know, God deals with some people and treats them from a medical standpoint. You okay with that? Uh, I got the flu shot this year. And I think we should. I believe we should in line with good medical advice. Remember King Asa in the Old Testament? He became diseased in his feet. And his disease was severe. And the Bible says in the midst of it, he did not seek the Lord, but only the physicians. Now, Now here's where you get in trouble. And, and, and I believe mo- most Christians have more faith in the medical science and doctors and hospitals than they do in the Lord. And that, that's sad, but that's just what I've observed over the many years. And Asa had more faith in the, in the physicians and the Bible said he didn't seek the Lord, only the physicians. And he died. When sickness hits your body... Who should we turn to first? Turn to the Lord. Resist that sickness. Resist that disease. And then use the hospitals and the doctors and the medicines if you need to. Amen? And whatever you do, don't practice your faith on your little children. Did you hear what I just said? You got to understand what I just said there. What I mean by that is, is use your faith on your little children... Did you hear what I just said? I said, don't practice it. I said, use it on your little children, but don't withhold medicine from them. Did you hear what I just said? I've seen people, they're gonna, you know, withhold medical assistance to their little kids and they're gonna practice their faith. No, use your faith on your children, but give them medicine as a doctor would direct or good common sense would direct. Can you say amen? Amen. You okay with me? Do you see I have a good balanced approach on this? 
we'll close. Let's go to Luke, the fourth chapter, and we'll close. Did you get anything out of this today? It was worth coming on the icy roads, wasn't it? Even though our roads might not have been icy. And just so you know, if the roads are bad, we'll close the service down. I have no problem with that. And, and I left a message on the machine. If, if you ever feel like you're in some danger, stay home. Amen? Because I don't want anybody, if you don't feel safe, stay home and come next week. Is that right? But we always try to operate with your best interest at heart. Look at Luke 4, verse 38. And we'll never think less of you. If you, you, know, if you I'd rather you err on the side of caution. Amen? Luke 4, 38. Jesus had gotten done ministering in the synagogue. Now he arose from the synagogue, entered Simon, that's Peter's house. But Simon's wife's mother, Simon's wife's mother was sick with a high fever. She was sick with a what? With a high fever. It wasn't just a fever, it was a what? And they made request of him concerning her. Let me teach you something about Jesus. If they wouldn't have asked him to do something, he wouldn't have done anything. You have not cause you. You need to understand that about the Lord. He doesn't push himself on anybody. There's so much in there that we just read right over a lot of times. Simon's, as Peter's wife's mother, that would be Peter's mother-in-law, was sick with a what? High fever. They made, what did they do? They made request of him concerning her. I'm going to say it again. If they wouldn't ask him, he wouldn't have done anything. He wouldn't have done anything. He doesn't push himself off on anybody. Verse 39. So he stood over her and begged the heavenly father to heal her. Is that what it said? No. He stood over her and what? And rebuked what? He rebuked what? He rebuked the fever. He spoke to the fever, didn't he? He rebuked the fever and it what? It left her and now watch something else here. And immediately she arose and watched soap operas and ate chocolate chip cookies. And immediately she went to the mall. Motive plays such a big role in the healing ministry and being healed and walking in health. Immediately she arose and what? And served them. And I, I, I tell you what, I preached a message one time, uh, 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 saved to serve, healed to serve. You watch those people that Jesus healed again and again. They served him. They served him. They served him. They served him. You don't get the healing power of God so you can arise and do your own thing. You get healed so you can arise and serve him. Can you say amen? Yes. Glory to God. And so he rebuked what? He rebuked the fever. It left her and immediately she arose and what? Served them. So if the sickness is an attack of the devil, what do you do? You resist. So in conclusion, if the sickness is a result of sin, you what? You repent. If the sickness is a result of the attack of the devil, you what? You resist. Let's get that again. If the sickness is a result in your body, if it's a result of you practicing sin, what do you do? Repent. If it's a result of an attack of the devil, you what? Resist. So there's two words you leave with. It's either what? Repent or? Repent or? Repent or? Resist. You get anything out of this?
All right, stand with me if you would. Praise God. Heads bowed and eyes closed. If you're here today and you don't know the Lord Jesus as your Savior, there'll be some people standing up here in the front. Be sure before you leave, you come up and talk with them, pray with them, and they'll introduce you to Jesus. Listen, there really is a heaven above and there really is a hell beneath. And if you die without having made a decision for the Lord Jesus, I'm sad to say you'll go to hell. It's a bad place. And he, God doesn't want you to go there. So before you leave here today, if you don't know where you stand with, with God, if you don't know where you stand with Jesus, if you don't know that you're saved, then before you leave, I want you to just lovingly walk right up here and talk to one of these nice people and say, hey, I want to be sure I'm saved. And they'll pray with you. And in that quick a time, just a snap of my fingers, you can change your eternal destiny from instead of going to hell, going to heaven. So I just beg you today, before you leave here, if you don't know where you stand with God, please come up, pray with these people. And they'll pray with you and you can invite Jesus into your heart. And he'll come in there. He'll, make, he'll save you and he'll make your life better. As far as sickness and disease is concerned, I rebuke sickness and disease from any member of this congregation. I rebuke any kind of flu from any member of this congregation in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth, not in my own name, but in his name. As the head of the church, Jesus, I use that name and I rebuke sickness, I rebuke disease, any kind, any form of flu, any kind of cough, any kind of fever, get out of the people of God's bodies. In Jesus' name. Now, if there's sickness or disease in your body and it's there because of some sin, the answer is repent. If it's there as an attack of the devil, well, we've resisted, agree with me, resist it, and go free. Amen? Father, I pray for the people that as we go our ways this week, that you'll order our steps. The steps of the righteous are directed and ordered of God. And we just pray that they'll be safe, and sound the angels of God I declare the word of God keep 